Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. You know, some days on the show, we are sort of scrounging around for news. Today is not one of those days. We've got earnings. McDonald's just out. They missed. Uh, Stamps uh, have announced a new partnership with UPS. Uh, but our big news of the day is Biogen. Their Alzheimer's drug is back. Against all odds, seven or so months, eight months after they ended that drug or ended the trial, it is back in action. They announced that this morning. We'll talk about the big news in Biogen related to that headline, and that is sort of propping up the entire healthcare sector here this morning. So a lot to get to on our show. Nick Shaheen is our guest. He will join us at 8.35. In the meantime, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, continuing yesterday's rally up three and a quarter points at 0975. Pre-market high, 14 and a quarter. Uh, that's just above your September 24th high. So I'm just going to give you the all-time high, which is within striking distance here. That's 30, 31 and a quarter. Our all-time closing high basis, the D's contract is 3026.25. Um, on the downside, we had a little breakdown to 3075. That was about 530 this morning, uh, but we quickly rebounded. So I'm just saying holding 3000. Good to go on the upside. Crude in the green by 24 cents at 53.75. Gold up 250 at 14.9060. Silver going the same way today, up 3.3 cents at 17.63 and a half. Bitcoin futures quiet, up $110 at 8,315. Triple D, my first question for you, or what I hope. When I see a stock like Biogen move out 75, 100 points, I say, man, I hope Dennis doesn't have an odd lot on. I hope no, you or, or or a full size position. No, nothing in the trading portfolio. I am long Biogen in my long term investment account, so the long term investment account is happy with this this morning. But this drug, it's back from the dead. Spencer Israel, what is the story here? Because it is not the earnings; it is this drug. Give us those details. Yeah, Biogen is planning to file for regulatory approval of their Alzheimer's drug, Aducanumab, uh, that was previously Ooh, good jailed. pronunciation, Mister Israel. Thank I was you. impressed with that because Thank I would have butchered much. it. Uh, after a larger uh, an analysis, a new analysis of a larger data set from the Phase Three Emerge study. Uh, that showed uh, statistically, statistically significant uh, results. So they're going to file after consulting with the FDA. They're going to file for approval for this drug that they had previously shelved in March. 
So originally, when we had positive data from the trials, and if we go back, uh, I don't know if we can find it on the chart, Joel, but it had to be like a year and a half or two years ago. I can remember because it was long, and the stock rallied almost 100 points on it. And then, actually, what? no, you know what? I found it. It wasn't 100 points. It was 288 to 367, so about 80, 77, what is that, maths? You're good with the year math. Almost 90 points. No, 80 points, almost 80 points. So if you look, it's back on July, the first week of July in 2018. See the candle? Yeah, but I'm even going farther back when it made its all-time high. No, but that's not with the drug. That was just the, the drug. So I wouldn't worry about that right now. We're trying to talk about the drug so news. This, okay. this right so, here from July last July, year. July, first week of July. Phase, that was the phase two. Yeah, that was, that the, was the positive two. trial, and the stock went from 288. Because you know why? I remember that because I actually saw the headline break, and I bought the stock up. I think I paid up four or five points for it. Um, after hours and it went up literally well you know me the scalper blood in me i actually ended up selling it up like 40 or 50 points it was one of my best day trades because that was an overnight trade and then it, it, i think i sold like three i sold half of it around 310 which was really silly i sold the other half around 340 and then the stock ended up obviously going to 367 i believe that day or the next day so you can see that huge candle back in july then if we come this is the bad news Biogen, um, obviously the drug not getting through the next phase. And if we look, this is in March of 2019. Um, so just looking at March of this year and the stock fell from 330 down to 216. Now the stock is back from the dead and it's getting this huge up candle, obviously up 38% here this morning, up 86 points. So you could call it the 87 point drug because it rallies, you know, so 80 points on the good news. Then it sells off almost a hundred points on the drug not getting through. Now it's back from the dead and it's rallying 87 points. So I don't know what to say. I do have this in my long-term portfolio. Part of me wants to sell it, but I've had the stock for a decade in the long-term portfolio. Um, I'm probably gonna hold on to it. Here's what they said in the release. I'm, I'm sure they're addressing more on the conference call which I believe is actually happening right now. Uh, but reading from the release here, after reviewing the data in consultation with the FDA, Biogen believes that the difference between the results of the new, new analysis of the larger data set and the outcome predicted by the futility analysis, that was back in March, was largely due to patients' greater exposure to a high dose of aducanumab. Multiple factors contributed to the greater exposure and the new analysis of the larger data set, including data on a greater number of patients, longer average duration of exposure to a high dose and uh, timing of protocol. Uh, so new analysis, larger patient set, and, it's, and we're back here. That's so very interesting, obviously stocks back from the dead and we know it's worth a huge amount. Nobody has been able to get a drug approved uh, for Alzheimer's. So it's huge if they can get this through. Um, the question is, can they get it through first of all? And if it doesn't get through, you could just see this 87 points come right back out of the stock. So right now, obviously, trading up 40% all in this drug news. Obviously, they had the earnings beat too, but it's not the earnings that is driving this this morning. If it was the earnings, it may be up four or five points. This is all on this drug news. We know this is an 80-point drug uh, stock. And that's because it's done it three times before. So all this rally is a drug. All right. Uh, a couple things here. Full disclosure, no position. Uh, second of all, I mean... I just don't like the fact that I read news on something and I hear a drug is discontinued. That, that means they're writing it off. They're taking the losses. Boom, it's done, right? It's out the window. So I'm not saying I would have invested in it in, in, you know, if I would have known this, 
But to me, it's just not full disclosure. You can't put something out on the tape, a press release that you've discontinued a drug and then come out three or four or five months later and say, hey, we got positive results. I just, to me, I- Was I, it discontinued? It was that the headline, Spencer, was completely discontinued or was it just not, it just didn't meet the uh, phase three trial? That's I'll, a, I'll read. I don't remember reading a discontinued thing. Uh, no, I believe it here. Uh, it, it was discontinued. That that it was, was discontinued. That one. Yes, it was discontinued <clears throat> the morning of March 21st here. Uh, they discontinued the phase three engaged study uh, after uh, the data un was unlikely to meet primary endpoints. So they discontinue, but yet now we come up with positive data from it. So I agree with you. I don't know how the discontinued drug all of a sudden has positive a positive data set unless they, they reanalyze that same data set. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They, they reanalyzed it. They discontinued the trial. Nothing yeah. changed there. They just analyzed it in a different yeah. way. Yeah, independent data monitoring committee advises whatever unlikely to meet primary endpoints leading to decision to discontinue the trials. Now and we've got so positive data. So they've reanalyzed it and they've decided that there is some positive data. I, I'm not, I have no position. I will say if I had this on, so I have this in my long-term retirement account. Correct. I bought it back during the financial crisis. So I'm averaging from 47 bucks. I probably am going to hold on to it. But if I had this on for a trade, I'd sell it. I'd sell it. I'd sell it. I'd sell it. I almost want to sell it out of my retirement account. But I'm trying to stop myself from selling the stocks in my retirement account. I've done this before. That's often a mistake. But in this case, you know, I've watched, you know, 80 points come into the stock back in 2018. I watched the 100 points fall on this drug. Now I see the 80 points come back. Makes me want to say sell. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a fade every time. Every time. And, he, and I, in both directions. So yes. is it going to be different this time? Is the drug going to get approved? Or is it going to not get approved? We don't know that yet. So Dr. J saying they didn't discontinue that. Well, you know, show me. No, I mean, they discontinued the trial. That's what that's what I said. They discontinued the trial. They announced that in March. They were discontinuing. The it trial. sounds like they reanalyzed the data set. Yes. And well, they should have told that. They should have put it out to the street that we are. I don't think there's anything you know nefarious if you're, if you're if you're saying that. I don't agree with that. I think you know I'm just surprised that this dead drug is back. But I don't think there's anything like hokey pokey going on here. I think this is a drug that everybody wants. You know, everybody wants an Alzheimer's yeah. drug. They do. And this one was the farthest that any drug had ever gone. So you look at it here and it was not only disappointing. I mean, my, my grandma, you know, 90, she passed away last year, but she had Alzheimer's the last three years. I mean, this is a horrible, horrible disease. So we all want a drug, you know, for the better of human society. We want a drug to get approved, an Alzheimer's drug. This was the farthest drug had ever got. And then obviously everybody's disappointed that it did not get through phase three. So maybe, you know, in hopes and obviously reanalyzing it here, that maybe there is something here. So I hope, you know, I hope the drug gets yep. through not only for my own investment portfolio, but, you know, I hope that there's, you know, some hope for those people who have this disease because the, the disease is horrible. I mean, my grandma for the last three years didn't know who anybody was. I mean, it's, you might as well almost at that point in time, it's, I, I feel like it's almost better to be dead when you have it that bad because you don't even know anybody anymore. It's like that wasn't my grandma anymore. And, you know, so having firsthand experience with it, I really want to see a drug like this get approved. So I hope, you know, that this is the case and this, you know, drug does do something and can get approved. So if there is, you know, some type of positive coming out that they reanalyze the trial and they, you know, see some positive data coming from it somehow, that's good news for everybody.
So, you know, I don't think there's anything hokey pokey going on here. I don't think there's anything market manipulative no, going on here. No, definitely not. Definitely These not. drug stocks typically aren't like that. You know, it's not like it's some penny stock, you know, that this is a real biotech company. So I think, you know, obviously that's, everybody's very surprised this morning. The street is very surprised. Stock is up 40%. The street is very surprised by this. This was taken, you know, this came right out of the blue. So... I mean, it's good and, news. And, and, and it's because it's an Alzheimer's drug. And like you said, there are no cures for this disease. It, it's so because it's the only one to get this far. Yes. There's that added. It's huge. It, it, this is huge news. Remember, huge. The day, remember the day in March when, when they ended the trial and we were like, it was like a sad day for like society. For everybody. Right. For like society because yeah. it was the furthest anyone had gotten. So this is good news for everyone here. So, uh, I, yeah, I totally, I'm with you on that, Dennis. The fact that it's, they're the only company to, to even get this far, the only drug to get this far uh, in the trial phase uh, is big news. It's why maybe, maybe they went and reanalyzed it because they're the only. I think so. Okay. And, I, and if, there's, if there is a positive, hopefully, you know, that, that data works out. One thing I will say here, too, just not with just Biogen, remember your ETFs, this is one of the major biotech stocks there are some etfs that hold significant amounts of biogen so when you have a stock moving 40 percent, those etfs are going to be up huge on that ibb which is obviously the most widely traded biotech stock or biotech etf has 4.08 percent biogen so if you just do the quick air math there you know four times say you know 100 points you want around it's basically almost you know three point what is that 3.8 percent no four times yeah so you're talking like three and a half percent of an ibb move is just biogen. So you see bio, uh, IBB up 3.3%. That is all biogen. The entire thing is biogen here. BBH, same story, 4.79%. Uh, XBI is only 1.59%. You can see all these moves are actually <laughs> approximately what biogen is up. So um, biogen is the bulk of these gains today. And these PBE, ETFs. 5%. BIB, 3.8%. Yep. UBIO, 3.5%. Yep. So right. that's why you're seeing these big moves here. This before, these before we move on here, and this, and this is not a wager or anything, but I, I smell a lawsuit here. I, I do. Because if you're an investor, a large investor, and you got the news on the stock that they've discontinued the drug, okay, and you sold out of your portfolio, you sold out your Biogen, and then this news comes out, I think you're really unhappy. Everybody sues for everything. You know, if you okay. put up your Edgar, if you put up your Edgar filings and you want to see lawsuits, there's a dozen lawsuits every night, class action suits. So could that happen? Sure. I mean, they, they sue for everything. All these lawyers, okay. every, it's class action suits all over the place all the time. There's big money for the lawyers in it. I, I don't agree that this is bad news here, Joel. I don't agree that this is like something, you know, that the, they're, they're doing that was dirty. You know, it's sure, maybe, the, you know, they originally looked at the data, but they just reanalyzed the data. So I completely disagree with you that there's you know, well, that's anything, you know, that's really worthy of suing the company for here. Sorry, I completely disagree with that. Well, that's, well, we'll see what happens. I'm just looking at it from, you know, from a litigious standpoint and you get in. I'm not saying there's not going to be there's lawsuits. There probably will be. You're probably right. Do you know how many laws, do you see it, Spencer, going through your Benzinga Pro? At yeah, night, yeah, how many class yeah. action suits happen? It is it's insane. It is, it is crazy. There's, so, like a, there's like 20 every night, Joel. The, not even joking. There's like on this, bar, this class action suits continuously. Think about even in my long-term portfolio, how many uh, letters I get, you know, to participate in a class action suit on something. I know. They sue for – it's huge money for the lawyers. And you know what? The funny thing is on these class action suits, 
um, I've participated, you know, you fill out all the paperwork and you participate and then you wait two years and eventually, you know, if you get, get some money, they'll be like, for instance, you know, like I got awarded 10 points on the stock. The lawyers get nine and a half and I end up getting 50 cents or something on, the, on my shares. So if I had 500 shares, I might get like 250 bucks. And, you know, and meanwhile, I was awarded 10 grand. The lawyers get the majority of it in a lot of these cases, a crazy amount. You know, maybe that's an exaggeration, but they get a crazy amount of it. That's why there's so many class action suits for everything. Could there be a class action suit on there? Sure, there could be. Does that affect you as an investor? Um, you know, really? I mean, really, you know, you were on this. We even when we said it back in April of 2018, when the stock was up 80 points, we're like, it was highly likely. If you go back and look at that show in July, I said it on this show that is highly unlikely still this drug is probably going to get approved. It's went a long ways, but I said, if you've got this 80 points, consider that, you know, just bonus here. But if the drug, you know, all of a sudden, you know, doesn't get through the next phase, which it probably won't, this 80 points will come right back out of it. So drug doesn't get approved. This 80 points is going to come right back out of Biogen here again. I'd love the drug to get approved just for the better of society. And is anybody hurt by this? Is there any, there's that, I mean, this is pretty much just Biogen. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's hurt by this drug coming back. Okay. I mean, it's going to be, people are going to be hurt if, you know, here's where your class action suits could start. Okay. We, we come through and now the drug doesn't get approved. Right. Now you could see, you know, all of a sudden, and, the, and then maybe the, they were too you know, optimistic on some of their reanalyzation of the data. Um, and the stock, you know, all of a sudden two, we're two, three months down the road and this gets shot down. I mean, that's where you could see some serious class action suits coming because he brought a stock back from the dead now. So I would hope, you know, that the stock gets approved. But you know, we're going to see. The market thinks there's a chance. All Still right. just a chance. We got other news. Bris well, stay with the drugs. I mean, there's so much. Bristol-Myers, Bristol -Myers. drug news for them too. Bristol-Myers is trading up substantially here this morning. BMY, Spencer, what's right. the, the and details? Just to put a bow on Biogen, they're going to uh, submit their application in early 2020. So we'll keep an okay. eye on uh, for then. Uh, Bristol Meyer uh, Squibb phase three trial uh, of Opdivo uh, met its primary oh, endpoint. And that's trading up almost three points here in the pre market. Well, it was. It's trading up 5%. It's a huge move for Bristol Myers. It's a stock that has been in the gutter for a long time. Starting to slowly crawl its way back. I mean, July, August, we were down in the mid 40s. Now we're up here almost in the, or in the, the mid 50s all of a sudden. So it's been a good couple of months for Bristol Myers. Thoughts on this, Joel? Uh, boom, boom. Trading at the highs of the pre market session, 55.78. Your pre market high is 56.09. So there you go. You just got to take that out. You got to keep going. Up to 58, it's a big move. But I think if this takes out the pre market high, it could be more on the upside. You're working into a, a monthly uh, chart here from October of last year where your next monthly high doesn't come into 63.69. I don't think that's going to come into play. Um, I think after this, if we get to that 56.08, I would just look at your half and whole numbers, you know, for, for big sellers here, a lot of volumes traded, so it probably can open up here. But I'm looking for immediate follow through through, uh, through that pre-market high for the rally to continue. Also remember, sell gene trades directly off of Bristol-Myers point for point. So not percentage for percentage, but point for point because in that takeover, it's one share of Bristol-Myers. So we oh, see Bristol-Myers go up three bucks. Sell gene typically goes up three bucks. Bad for Merck. Merck is down. Merck is down 212. They have competing drugs here. And that is uh, true here. So you're seeing Merck trade down here on this. I'm pretty sure that is all this Bristol-Myers news. There's not other news in Merck, is there? Uh, no. I'm pretty sure this is all. 
this uh, Bristol Myers. Uh, oh, no, yeah, We've nothing. seen this happen multiple times. There, obviously, Bristol Myers. Good news for Bristol Myers. Bad news for Merck. They have competing drugs on this. Hanging out the lows of the pre-market session right here, right now, eighty-two thirty. So I don't know. I see a low under eighty-two dollars at eighty-one sixty-three. So if you're looking for a little bit more on the downside here for Merck, uh, that's your next level under the pre-market low, eighty-one sixty-three. Before we go to earnings, let's just do one more stock here that's getting a good lift on news that is not earnings related, and that is Stamps.com, STMP, oh. trading up 17 points here. They got to deal with UPS. Yep. Thank you, UPS. Uh, UPS and Stamps.com reported a new collaboration that will provide Stamps customer base with specifically, or specially, excuse me, specially discounted UPS shipping rates. What do you think of this one, Joel? I mean, there's here's a stock that's back from the dead too, because this thing was down in July under forty dollars, is now ninety three dollars. This almost feels to me like the upside capitulation here. You know, you get near a hundred. I, I, I gotta think. You know, and I've been bearish for a while, so obviously, you know, I'm right for a while, but obviously wrong in the last couple months. The stock's doubled in the last couple months. No trade. I haven't had any trades on this, but I haven't talked positively of it either. I'm still going to talk negatively of it because I think this is kind of feels like an upside capitulation move, and I'd be fading the move. Guess what the pre-market high is? 100 even? Uh, yep, 100 even. Man, those psychological levels just come into play. It sounds so simple, but I mean trading, you know, and maybe we should write the book, just trading is simple. And what I mean by that is keep it simple because there are so many strategies that get so complex that you can't figure it out. You keep it simple, simple, you know, you lose, you know, like I said, my technical analysis would be like one or two pages, support, resistance, trends, 50% retracement. That's pretty much it. And on whole numbers, I would have a whole page just on whole numbers where stock goes up to 98, usually goes to 100. Stock goes up to, you know, um, stock goes down to 102, usually falls under 100. Why? The stops there, usually they push the price through there. And those big psychological levels are turning points. And so there you go, $100 after hours. That's your level in the line in the sand. I think it stands. I don't think it goes through it. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, between 92 and 100. I mean, if you had any, uh, you know, any options in the money here, I don't know how much trades on the weeklies or whatever, but uh, yeah, I would use up to that. Uh, uh, I would use up to 100. Aviator one says a whole page on whole numbers in that book. So I think so. Coming back on the down. My, my book. My book is now five pages. I have four four pages. I have the first page on support, the second page on resistance, the next one's on trends, the next one's on fifty percent retracements, and the next page is whole numbers. I got to get up to a hundred pages at least, so I got to keep going somehow. <laughs> uh, coming back on the downside here, you had a, a I believe it's a four a.m. low. Uh, your four a.m. low came in at uh, ninety sixty. So use that as a, uh, you know, if you're trying to short this beast, that's been your low since the 4 a.m. open. And man, this thing is just, you got you show the daily on this thing? This is just gaps all over the place. I mean, whether or not it's going to fill that gap up, what? There's a gap between 100 and almost 200. Now that's a gap to fill there up to 194.08. But we'll see what happens at 100 bucks. Actually, the day that it gapped down to, uh, well, actually, the day after it tried to recover, it put in a pair of highs at 10050 and 10072. So, real, real interesting area on the upside. But we'll see if it. Best thing I think today for uh, uh, stamp holders is uh, 
you know, you hold on a majority of these games, you have a quiet couple of days, and then you just kind of creep up there, just not give a lot back today. So this is a good segue now with this Stamps UPS deal to go into earnings. And let's talk those UPS numbers because they're disappointing. Yeah, well, the the top line, the headline EPS uh, two dollars and seven cents beat by a penny. The sales missed eighteen point three two versus eighteen point three five billion dollars. They reaffirmed their full year adjusted EPS uh, estimate, uh, which is in the mid to high seven dollar range, seven forty five to seven seventy five, uh, and they did raise their free cash flow target uh, for the year, but a mixed Q three and a reaffirmation, reaffirmation of their uh, full-year EPS guidance. For what were they expecting in the street on this? I mean, FedEx massively disappointed and, you know, basically warned. And these numbers aren't that bad. I mean, no, UPS has held up the whole time. And were they expecting UPS to come out and blow it away after FedEx? Like, what are the, what's the street thinking? They were even buying this up to over 120 last night ahead of the number. I guess I should have shorted into it, but uh, obviously should have shorted into it because now it's trading down. That being said, you got a big level here. And I'm going to steal your thunder here, Joe, but 112.44, the low on the eighth. That's the level it needs to hold. What is the pre-market low? Uh, we're trading right near the pre-market low. Pre-market low is 113.60. Okay, so we're just leaking. Yep, yep. Uh, I'll agree with you on that one. I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at the dailies here. I see that low. There was, a, there was another one at 113.15 and then the 112.44. So it's a big drop off this. Looks like buyers are starting to come in. I'm starting to see the hint of a green candle a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd use that down to that 112.44 uh, as a buy zone. And the longer it takes to get down there, and you might have to buy on some strength here. But right now, let's uh, keep an eye on those levels. S&Ps are sneaking back up toward that pre-market high of uh, 14 and a quarter. Currently up four and a quarter points at 10.75. Jump over here. A lot of other earnings. So if you have a specific company, let us know. But we're just going to go to the big ones here. We've already talked Biogen. We talked UPS. Let's talk Procter & Gamble. That is trading up substantially here in the pre-market. I'm going to go look at my book while you give us the numbers, Mr. Israel. EPS beat, sales beat. A buck, a buck 37 versus a buck 24 on the EPS. 17.8 versus $17.42 billion on the sales. So a good report for PG. You know what, 125. I know. How, how could you? It's how, such a, like, simple, simple analysis. And I know people, you know, they're, they're, they're people analyzing with oscillators and all kinds of other stuff. Look at the chart, what level jumps out at you, 125. Look at the book, what level, how, how many shares do you think? 120,000 shares there at 125. So it's going to take a lot of volume to push it through there. Could it do it in the regular session? Absolutely. I don't think it opens over there, though. It's already trading 190,000 shares. So it can definitely take it out in the regular session. So I don't think it has to hold. But I would say, you know, I, I would say very little chance of that going up through that in the pre-market. What's the pre-market high? Uh, 125.28. Yeah, so anybody who's buying it over 125 is not analyzing the book at all because there was little chance that this was going to trade over 125 in the pre-market with that kind of size there. So huge size, 125. Um, obviously, there's a few other levels too because New York book hasn't been cleared out because it hasn't traded up to these levels. But nothing really substantial. I would say that's the big level in the book, 125. Uh, well, I guess uh, the all-time high on September 30th, 125.36. Uh, all-time closing high, 124.57. And then the other thing here is, uh, okay, you did sell it to earnings report. 
uh, when it got over 125. And then I don't know what happened. They slammed this thing down to 116 and a half. I mean, the market didn't go anywhere, right? And now you're getting all this back here in one full swoop. Ah, hands off on the buy side here. And I don't know how it holds on to these gains. I think you do have some. I think it could hold on. It's hard to say, but there's definitely, that's the line in the sand. I mean, if you're shorting it up there, 125, you know, does it pull out one of these scenarios where it takes out the size, you know, catches a few people who are leaning on the big size and then go up to 125, 25, 125, 50, and then come back down through it? Then I'd be concerned. If it does take out the 125 size, I would put my stop right below that. I don't want to see come back down through not, that. I then would after. not want to be long to say it and so you come, you're opening right into resistance. So it's a hard trade to just buy something up five bucks when it's opening up in that kind of resistance. Gamble. What about all the stock? Where did it close at yesterday? It closed at what? Once. There's more stock in the book for sure. Oh. I mean, I'm telling you, 120, 10,000, 121, 10,000, 123, 12,000, 124, 24,000. And there's little stuff. There's probably 100,000 worth below 124. And that book's early. It's, it's 8.30. The book's going to fill up more. So then you got another 16,124.50. I mean, you're going to take a good 100,000 just to get up even to 125, but we already traded 200,000. So it's got the volume to trade up to 125 in the pre-market. Let's see what it does. It can it take it out in the regular session. That's the big question. That's going to be disappointing. Yeah, McDonald's here reporting right before our show started Q3 uh, EPS on a gap basis, $2.11 versus a $2.21 estimate sales also missed 5.43 versus 5.49 billion dollars comps up 5.9 percent for the quarter they said that gap number also included a negative impact related to a foreign currency translation what's the low pre-market low uh, pre-market low is 201 even that's my number 200 bucks you know what the stock is so loved and it's been out, you know, it's it's out of favor here the last month or two. And th and, that, and you were asking about the Procter and Gamble, some of the consumer staples. Not McDonald's is a consumer staple, but it kind of trades along with them. It's a dividend play. It's more conservative. It's something that obviously people still go to during a recession if they don't go to it more. So it's a bit on the defensive side. So it kind of trades along with a Coca-Cola and a Procter and Gamble, even though obviously there's no relationship. Although obviously they sell Coke products. Um, I think people are going to buy the dip on this. So I would not be selling McDonald's down seven points. I, I would think. not be selling it down seven points here, but no, I would I, not either. I, I think that uh, I think the story's over here for me. You would? Yeah, I do. Okay, I'm on the opposite side of Joel. I think it bounced. I sense it. I sense a wager, and I actually think McDonald's. When I look at it, obviously well, barring the market, when I look at this one month from now, I think it's back up over two ten. Okay, well, it was at 210 yesterday, so I'm not. I'm well, not... if it gets back to 210, that means they're shrugging off the earnings completely. I, 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 I personally, I might even buy the dip on this. I'm not. I haven't done anything yet. I, I'm interested because the stock is loved. It's a, it's a stock that is defensive. Has a two and a half percent dividend. It makes still a ton of money. I mean, think about what are they supposed to make for the year, Mister Israel? What's McDonald's supposed to make? Let's, like eight nine bucks? Let's look it up. Give me one second. Make a lot of money. Like it's P is probably 22 or 23. I'm going, give me one second. To a little go. bit higher than the market, but again, they give these consumer, they give these types of stocks that have such stable earnings a little bit of a premium usually. I think you get McDonald's down 19, 20 times earnings. I think people buy it. 
Uh, I'm looking at this. So through Ju- through June of two thousand, July of two thousand eighteen, where yep. you, got, you got all those upgrades. Remember that upgrade, 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 yep. upgrade, upgrade. Okay. So from July of two thousand eighteen until August of nineteen, you had one red month. Okay. Yeah. Now you're working on two red months. All right. So I think you got, and I, I hard to put a price on it. I think you got at least two to three months of downside here, maybe taking it down to, I'm interested in this stock long-term at one, let's see where these monthly lows are here, 175. Yeah, I think there's no chance to get there. So just complete opposite opinions, that's fine. We've had opposite opinions lots of times on the show. I'd be a buyer of the dip. So I'm on the opposite side of this. I think people are gonna buy. I don't think you get any chance going down to 175. Okay, how about- I don't think you're getting it to 185. I think it, it sneaks maybe under 200, hits some stops. You pick this up at 198, 199, I think you're happy you did it. So okay. I'm a buyer of the dip at McDonald's. I haven't been buying a lot of dips, but I might actually, I'm interested in buying the dip in this one. Um, so McDonald's made, uh, what was it, $7 last year per share? The uh, restaurants are dirty. Most they're of not. You have not. When was the last time you had a McDonald's? Oh, not, not these days, Joel. The one at McDonald's have reinvented themselves. Those restaurants are clean, man. Most of them, unless, you know, you might get the odd one that maybe it's a management issue, but those restaurants have got it going on. I guess. The, I ca- guess the cafes or coffee shops, fireplaces in them, like I said. There is, you know, TVs. They, they have completely reinvented themselves. I'm a big fan of McDonald's. I mean, even when I go in there, I can get a sandwich and a salad. I can actually get something that's at least perceived as healthy. I know that dressing probably is killing me, but at least, you know, I'm putting something, you know, something decent. That balsamic vinaigrette that they have, that dressing is phenomenal. I mean, it must be chucked full of fat, but it tastes good. So I, I'm a big fan. I mean, I go there. I have kids, so obviously, you know. And what's my kid say in the back? Every single time we're in the car, where do you want to go to eat? It isn't anywhere. He's been to so many different restaurants. I tell you, it's not, you know, he's not, he's not pumped about the Beyond Meat Burger probably, but he always says, I want to go to McDonald's. It, it's something psychological because they, they, they get, they just get, they got to figure it out. I mean, yeah. you know, the ice cream cones are like a buck. The Happy Meals are still like four fifty or whatever it is in Canada. It's under five bucks. You get there, he gets his toy, he gets, you know, the, all the food. I what mean, about the cherry pies? They still have the cherry pies and apple? I don't know if they do. It's a good Those question. Pretty good. They were hot, though. They always say, caution, hot filling. You know why? I'm a buyer of the pullback. I'm going yeah. opposite, Joel. I think it's going to be a back over two. T- so oh, let's do a bat here. Let's do a bat. Okay. Um, because we haven't had one in a while. We're all opposite opinion. It's 203 in the pre-market. So big. I'm going to give you, you say it's going down. We'll, we'll add 13. So take off 13. So I'll give you a 190. And I'm going to add 13 up to 216. I'll take 216. You take 190. But it's it's uh, it's down seven bucks. So you know. You said it's going down another 30. You know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for this. <laughs> yeah, scared of me. <laughs> oh, what about Dennis? What about your theory? Okay, uh, stocks get near 200. They go under 200. Oh, I think it's going under two. I think it's going to 199. I think it's going to hit some stops. Give me a little bit of an edge. Give me. Um, that is an edge. No, if you say 190 versus 216. Yeah, 13 down, 13 up. And I'm giving you the edge because I think I'll, it could drift lower here before it goes down. Right, I'll, I'll, I won't go steak dinner, but I'll go, even though I'm giving up the edge. Go beyond meat burger at McDonald's. <laughs> it won't exist probably by the time this bet gets concluded. All right. Let's Nick, get a third person to Nick, Nick is saying me, me, me. Okay. All right. All Nick, right. bring Nick in. Let's What's Nick's thoughts on Talk three stocks on the super busy. I'm buying dip. the dip and Joel's selling the dip on Nick. Nick, Nick, are you there? 
here. I'm here. He's on mute. Come on, oh, Nick. He's here. He's here. No, I'm here. There he is. Nick, I'm buying the dip of McDonald's. Joel's selling the dip. What are you doing? Where is it now? I haven't checked. 203. 203? Well, yeah. he, here's my take. The whole zone, anything above 200 should be solid floor uh, because they yeah, have had time. That means I win. <laughs> they have had, well, think about it. They have had time to consolidate it. And if you consider the whole run that started at 174 or so, um, you know, this would be the eyeball 50% of it. And this, ah, the 50 percentual. Ah, I like that. This would be a natural place. Page four of our TA book. So Joel is okay expecting lower prices, but if you consider, uh, I, I believe that 12 months is, uh, POC, the point of control is a lot lower, but there's, it's not necessary that they go there. I think it, it will find footing as long as the whole market holds up to. That, and that's it. I mean, if the market rolls over and, every, and you know, we had somebody on, or Jim Cramer was talking about somebody that the market could fall 20% from here. I mean, I, I don't see that happening. Of course it can. Soon, I mean, it, it can do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can stuff it. can happen. I saw the flash crash. What was it? 21%? Everything fell. In oh, we saw, well, you want to talk flash crashes? Look at RCL yesterday. Did you see this one, Nick? No. What is RCL, it? RCL, 40 seconds before the close. It's trading, and this is a good site. Oh, my about. gosh. one twelve. It traded, somebody hit an oops button, fat finger, and you were saying what, like 400,000 shares trade in that bar, Spencer, when you were looking at it? Anyway, somebody obviously either put an extra zero or they were trying to mark an order for the close or something, but it sold in, in zero seconds. It was because I analyzed the tape last night. It was 359.20. It went from 112 all oh the way gosh. down to $100.50, and then all the way back up 10 seconds later back to 112. Um, that was just somebody just like, there's not the liquidity there and they sold it all at the market and went straight down there and straight back up. I, I was saying typically the exchanges sometimes look at stuff like this when it uh, moves over 3%, the, the, the erroneous trade guidelines, they have guidelines for this, yep, yep, um, no, is 3% on a stock over $50. So I would assume that they would have came in and busted the trades that were further away than 112 minus 3%. So like say 108-ish, 108 and a half, but they let them all stand. They analyzed so, last night. They let all the trades stand. So the person that bought this at 102, 103, 104 got to keep the stock. So speaking of, um, I know I've been on your show before and I've said Apple's going to 240 or something like that. So it did, price, it did price the whole line. But speaking on this funky move like this, a couple of weeks ago, I said watch 238 on Apple because out of the blue one day, boom, Apple flashes 238.30 or something oh, like that. Oh, it did that. do that. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. So I bought calls in, in, in our chat room. I said, let's go. Uh, I sold puts, bought calls, and I closed early, but it was headed there. <clears throat> I've had some health issues lately, so I, I, I didn't have time to babysit it. But these funky moves like that are happening more and more often. Stay healthy, Nick. Eat your vitamins. I've had health issues too, but it's my <laughs> I wish it was that simple, my friend. It was a shocker. So. Oh. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. But. Well, I did have um, open heart surgery. Oh, my goodness. Holy cow. That's major. So w what happened? You just had some tests and stuff? and you had. Yeah. Little... I mean, I have history in my family, but I'm as fit as they can be. I mean, I just competed on a national level with youngins at 52. So I went for a routine checkup. And then the doctor said, I can't send you home straight to the hospital. What was wrong? What did you have? I had two 99% blockages. He said, I don't know where your heart was getting the blood. Can't believe Holy. it. So you I had a bypass it. surgery? I had a double bypass. Wow. Yep. How long the recovery for you on that? Week? Week? week or, well, obviously, eight, how eight long in the weeks. hospital? 
Oh, in the hospital, I stayed uh, two and a half days. Okay. Um, but I came back. That was two Thursdays, two Fridays ago. Wow. Not How are you feeling now? It, like a bus hit me. <laughs> <laughs> they cut your chest open, stop yeah. your heart. <laughs> Not it's just open. Be... They open I'm... it and then they crack it open so they can work on it. So luckily, you know, it's a happy ending so far. And, uh, but the recovery is insane. It's about eight weeks yeah. before you can do much. Um, so I feel like a little kid here. I can't even twist the bottle open. My dad had a triple bypass six years ago and he's doing very well. Obviously quite a bit older than you. He's just turning 69. Uh, but he had a triple bypass. His blockages though were 100, oh 95, 95, and 90. And oh they tried God. to go after the fourth one, but it was just too uh, risky. So they didn't even bother with the fourth one, but they got three. So that's why they did the triple. He was scheduled for the quad, but when they were in there, he was in there too long and they didn't want to take the risk. So they only did the three. But the, I, I was like, well, if he's 100% blocked, how is he not having a heart attack? Right. I guess there's like other little arteries that make up for it or something like that. They can like push through blood and it's craziness. The body tries to fix itself, but had all these other little arteries that were trying to like push the blood through there. So scary stuff feel better yeah right holy cow thank now, you feel better you. nick i mean yeah I'm holy so cow that was that. That, that was my response holy cow <laughs> it's amazing uh, yeah, yeah i mean sometimes like you know obviously we all try to stay healthy as much as we can joel yeah. does the swimming and joel's healthy well, as well my but, initial reaction was pissed off because i've never smoked i've never done drugs yeah. i've never drank i work out like a fiend and then this so the doctor told me if you didn't do all of the stuff you'd be dead at 40 so wow. I, all of the, the healthy lifestyle actually uh, extended my life to the point to where they had time to discover it. So don't stop working out just because a healthy nut just got a double bypass. You know, that's the stigma that comes with it. But um, genetics it, it, play yeah. more into it. Oh, than yeah. Anything. I knew it. If, if yeah. I didn't know my genes, uh, yeah. the, the history of my family, I wouldn't have gone to the hospital. I have yeah. no symptoms. I mean, I'm the same thing, like with my genes. I, my grandfather had his first heart attack at 42, you know, and he died at 55. And my grandfather was 55, heart attack at 65. So go get your angiogram thing. done. I've already done it. I've already oh, okay, I've had good. heart problems for years, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I had an angio when I was 33 years old. And they oh, found, my goodness. I've got a birth defect, though. Oh. So, and that's why so, I've got so you're broken. Medicated. You're broken. Okay. I'm broke. I've been broken for a long time, but I'm medicated. So uh, they didn't have to do any double I, bypass. On, on to happier topics. I appreciate the time. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's good. Well, we hope you feel better, Nick. And I'm glad I the do. surgery. It sounds like it went well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you feel better soon. Yep. Stitches will come out soon and they'll be, they'll be well. You'll be, you know what? And, and, and six years later, my dad, they, they look at, and there's hardly even a scar there. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's amazing uh, when you get a few years later. I, my skin keloids, so I'm pretty sure I will have a nice scar. But my coach tells me, you've been beating up on these fools with half a heart. Let's see what you <laughs> do. <laughs> there you go. So, now you have a full heart. You'll be able to rock yeah. and roll here. So, bringing you back to the market here. Right. We were talking. Going where, on? We, where were we? I don't even remember where we were. We, we were talking about funky ticks. Oh, yeah. RCL flash crashes, Apple flash crashes. We see these happen every once in a while. And you know what? You could put orders out there and people say, oh, yeah, why not have orders out there just in case? I mean, there's something to be said there. I mean, if you had had your RCL order and, it, you know, it wanted to get to your level, you would have got it yesterday. You said, I would ever, this ever comes back down to 101 or 102, I want to buy it. If you would have had your order in there for that RCL, like good tell canceled, you would have got it. So the downside is if it comes out with bad news, you know, you end up getting picked off and it going right through you. So, you know, there is a downside. Yeah, but you also have to be careful. If you also have to be careful if they go in and, and say that that tick never happened and you bought it and sold it somewhere else, I don't know if they followed the sale, the buy. No, they, they don't. So Okay, so you'd be shorted. 
Yeah. Whatever level you sold. That's the horror story. When you buy these things 10% down, wait until the ruling. And I had somebody tweeting at me yesterday. They're like, I always wait until the ruling if I buy the thing because, um, you know, if they decide to bust the share, the trade, and you bought it 101, and you said, oh, boom, selling at 10 right away. I mean, at this point in time, if they would have busted it, you'd be short the stock right now and you'd be down money. We saw that during the major flash crash on May yep. 6, 2010. Yep. Horror stories where people oh, yeah. were buying the stocks, you know, that were down like 60, 70%. They buy it down there and then they busted their buy and didn't bust their sell. And people are losing money because of this. Yeah. It's horrible. So back to McDonald's, the, this line here, if they do lose it, I see why Joel expect lower prices because it kind of looks inverse cup and handle, head and shoulder-ish. So you have to be careful. So if you do go along it, make sure you have a tight stop below it and know your levels. But I think the 200 is the nice clean line for it um, that runs right through that little cluster back in uh, just after the last earnings report in May. Move so, on. Let's do a few more earnings stocks here with Nick. Go. Good to get his analysis there. We've got, uh, oh, there's so many earnings stocks. I'm not even sure where to go. Let's go UTX. We haven't talked about it. Spencer will give you the results. He'll tell you it's trading up $3 here in the pre-market, trading at 141 But what Ooh. were the numbers? And then we want to get Nick. That's because it was a beat in a beat. EPS, $2.21 versus a $2.03 estimate. Sales, 19.5 versus $19.3 billion. Wow. Nick, so, it's trading up at 141 so it looks like a breakout and I would be careful with it as far as to, uh, if I want to short it, um, if, if they want to price the whole thing out, they have room to run with UTX. So, but it should stall a little bit at the last fail, which was the all time at the high that I see here on my screen uh, in April. So if it's up $3, you said, so up is it the, right now? Okay, so it's above the neckline. So it all depends when they close. If they, if they don't pull a Netflix, then they should be okay. I mean, the line is not very scientific, but it shows the theory. Uh, they're going to push through, fail a little bit, and then try to second leg up higher. Uh, so if I'm on board, I would stay on board, but I would tighten um, the stop or trail it or something with that. It uh, depends on the intentions. If I'm in it for the long time, long term, then that doesn't really matter. But if I'm in it for a trade, it's a nice, nice neckline, nice clear neckline. If they can close above it, they can sustain uh, more upside. I'm going to give you a hard one here, Nick. It's Hasbro and Hasbro is down 17 points in the pre-market right now. They reported earnings. Uh, the earnings missed here and it's a pretty big miss. $1.84 versus two twenty-one cool. estimates. Uh, so it's a significant mess, and the stock is trading at 103, closed at 120. I don't know oh. if they had an inkling into this yesterday because it was a little bit of a tough candle for it yesterday. Somebody was selling all day ahead of it. Now 103 comes. What do you do here at 103? You know, if, if I'm long it, uh, I'd say it's too late to close, but I don't know if it is. There's a gap <laughs> still. There's a, still a gap open down to 91 almost. Um, so, you know, I don't think the daily chart is going to give us much guidance on this one. You'd have to go to a weekly and then uh, decide if, if they want that second gap or not. Uh, that would not be a knife I'd catch unless I know the company uh, well and I know why they're falling. So this is the helicopter view, the weekly chart on it uh, so that somebody would get uh, the full view of it because on the daily it looks like it's going down to a bottom but it's not there's a lot lower 10304 was your august low we just were trading right there right now the bad thing is uh that if it doesn't hold that area i mean psychological 100 but uh the next yeah. major lows comes in it doesn't uh, uh monthly lows come in at 95 here but yeah. uh 
I agree with two gaps, with two gaps, one one above that and one below that. So it's kind of a sloppy way the way they rallied, which makes them uh, unreliable nodes, so to speak, uh, a sloppy volume profile. Yeah, what about Mattel? Is that getting slammed? They usually come out tomorrow. (laughs) It's offered down. Mattel's offered down a 1090, so it's going to trade down with Hasbro for sure. They've kind of been doing their own. I mean, Mattel's been the dog here forever. Yeah. So Hasbro obviously has you know a lot of the other relationships they're, there that have been helping but them. But they with toys anymore. <laughs> their charts are not similar. So. No, they aren't. There's a there's a vague you know there is a relationship there, and Mattel will trade down with it. But Hasbro's been the outperformer here. I mean, you know, it seems like Hasbro goes up huge, and Mattel go up a little bit. Yeah. And Hasbro, Mattel always disappoints. It's always been the dog. Of the it's sector. a tough sector, really, because as you say, who plays with toys anymore? I know. Well, that's just it. My kids, you know, I've got them. They'd rather much rather play with the iPads or, you know, <laughs> than, than the toys. So it's yep. a tough sell. Yep. Toys we have, we just buy them, you know, or we just get them used too. So, or, or get them from our you know, other family hand, members. Hand there. me downs. Hand me downs. Yeah. So much of them are just hand me downs or garage sales or something like that. What about Lockheed Martin here? Earnings this morning, EPS beat, sales beat, full year EPS guidance was a higher, full year sales guidance was a smidge light. So they're this punishing the stock, what, 3%? Down 10 so? bucks. All right, so 365? Yep, 363. Okay, so that is an okay place because it has been consolidated a little bit, but still the run up to here has been pretty quick. And there's an open gap all the way down to 320. So I remember trading that guy and it never trades like I want it to. So instead of buying upside hopium, it's better to sell uh, put spreads in it or puts, depends if you want to buy it or not. Um, But I do caution that it always overdoes it on the downside beyond my expectations when I trade it or it feels like it. So if I sell a put or a put spread with conviction, then I have to have guts to face the red because they will come. For some reason, even though the fundamentals may be okay, the price action is kind of strange. The, it's in the hands of the sellers. I believe that the pops will be sold kind of a lower high trend until they hit a floor. And I do expect a few support zones um, like, you know, 349, 350 should be one. Another one is $5 lower, but there's still an open gap all the way. Uh, real quick before we let you go, I know you did exit the um, the uh, Apple trade. Do you have any targets here? David's looking for a plan on his Apple call, strike expiration, just how high to sell. How, what are you looking for? I mean, with this kind of run in earnings, man, oh, man. What, do you, what more do you want? <laughs> I know. I know. I was going to say, well, Nick sold at 238. So, it's, it's- so no, what, what, uh, I don't know what he's expecting. Um, so, you know, this is the weekly Apple. There's, there's nothing more to see up top uh, above it except for, you know, just hopium. So if I owned calls that are longer dated, I'd probably sell shorter term calls um, that are inflated because of the earnings, perhaps. Um, maybe this week and maybe next week. But you have to be okay being called away so, or being locked or book it and just invest in a, uh, some of the money of the profits into a longer dated call. Another uh, stock coming from Twitter, uh, my friend Khalid is asking about Microsoft. Uh, it's going to report earnings tomorrow, so it's always tough to do a pre-earnings trade. I mean, everything depends on the earnings. But when I look at Microsoft, I think we've been in consolidation station for a while. It kind of feels like it wants to break out. And I think if this, I think if this report is decent, I think we could see the stock make new all-time highs. What are your thoughts, MSFT? 
I, I agree because look at that weekly consolidation. Zone. Yeah, I like it. So there's not a lot of weak hands, even though it's so high up here. Um, and even then, there's another one just below it and another one just below it. So I dared them to sell this bad boy so I can sell puts and put spreads in it. So uh, if it dips, it's a buying opportunity given the current conditions. But if you look at the daily chart, it's kind of scary uh, because it is dangling up so high. So I'm not one to gamble on earnings. Uh, so I couldn't tell you that I'm going to sell with both hands ahead of earnings because I don't trust the reaction on, on Wall Street. They're kind of fickle. So if they lose the 133, they're going to go after the 127 and a half. Um, and I don't want to lay my money ahead of time. If I'm long the stock, I'll probably do some sort of a hedge uh, it, with options. But it is a good company. If the markets are higher, this one is higher. Um, they're doing things right. All right, Nick, we're going to let you go. Uh, glad to have you back. I guess during the uh, every two weeks, we kind of fall <laughs> in between this, but uh, I'll give you a call. I'll check up on you later. We're really glad to have you back. And I appreciate the time, guys, and the wishes. Thank you. All right, S&P futures creeping up near the highs of the pre-market session at 14 and a quarter, currently trading at 10 and a quarter. That's up 375. What else do you want to, there's a, still a bunch of earnings to cover, Mr. Is Move away from earnings for a second. Let's talk NVIDIA. There is multiple headlines. They got deal or collaborations with three different companies here this morning. Mr. Israel, give us the details, NVDA as it challenges the 200 resistance. Uh, Microsoft, Red Hat, and Ericsson, I believe, are the three companies that NVIDIA has announced partnerships or collaborations with. In the last all announced year. last night, partially with the 5G stuff? Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all related to 5G uh, GPUs. Uh, I'm still long this in, in the long-term portfolio. I'm sticking with it. I think it's going over 200 today. Trading up pre-market right near the highs of the session, uh, up 280 at 198.91. Uh, what did we do? Last time we came up here, hmm, I'm seeing a monthly high at, uh, at uh, 222, but you guys aren't looking. I don't think we're going there today. Uh, it just looks strong trading in yeah. the pre-market session. So can't really, man. Uh, I think it's breaking out over 200. And I think it's going to do it just after the open. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing, you know, can trade up to 203, 204. So I'm bullish NVIDIA. Still long in the long-term account. I almost want to buy it for a trade here too, though, uh, just because I think this is going over 200. If you're looking for some targets above there, uh, I'm just going to call 205 because uh, I spot three highs in a row between 0421 and 0688. So just call that uh, next leg up. On the daily charts here, I don't see anything until 205. Um, you are filling the gap here, which is nice at uh, 195.50. Probably did that yesterday, uh, but uh, looking good. NVIDIA, what about AMD? Did that come off the 28, 29 level? Oh, yeah, huge. Ed, look at that. That level's been huge. We said that. We set up a trade for you. We said uh, when the stock was trading 28 and a half, we said your stop out is 27.43. So I was like, give yourself a buck. Um, and I actually went down, I believe that day, I believe it was on the 10th we talked about it. It went down to 28, so it could have got lower. It's been straight up ever since. So you know what? That trade would work. I didn't play it, but I, at least I talked about it. <laughs> Let's do a couple ratings here. There aren't that many. We're really yeah. in earnings season here, so the ratings will take a back seat. But 
JP Morgan upgraded uh, Juniper to neutral here. I'm more interested in Nomura's upgrade of Dropbox. Oh, yeah. The bot yeah. this morning. DBX getting some love. Has not got love in a long time. So that's always interesting. I'm not surprised it's trading up 3.5%. You know, it's typically, you know, when you're doing, you're figuring out, well, what's that worth? I mean, when you have a lot of analysts chiming in on the stock at the same time or in some way, it's not worth as much. We haven't had an analyst rating in Dropbox for a while. So it's going to be worth probably 4 or 5%. I would not be surprised this challenge is 20 here today. Um, that being said, stock is still in a downtrend. I'm t I have a hard time getting on board and saying that the low is in. If I was going to chase this, and I'm not, but if I was, I think you absolutely need to stop out the low of, of the move, which was two days ago at 18.31. But um, I, it's interesting on pullbacks, not buying it up 3.5%, though. What do you, what kind of offer are you seeing at 19.75? Uh, just 100 shares. But, you know, who knows? It could be an iceberg. Okay. Why has it been yeah. trained a few times? Yeah, that's, uh, since about 7.30. Uh, 17, uh, 1975, 1975, 1975, 1976. Uh, so they're just not letting it go any higher. I mean, that's what you do. If you want to stop a stock, that's what you do. You also had some daily highs um, kind of in that area, 1989, 1990. So, uh, you know, just be careful. It doesn't, you know, open up, go to 2010 and turn around and, uh, you know, pull a pins. Uh, pin interest yesterday, or no, not pin interest. It was Peloton. Is uh, that one, right? Yeah. Yep. Called that, that one, Dennis. Yeah, you know what? And I, I'm kicking myself here. So I called this on the show, and I'm like, I think this is going to pull. I think this could pull an SDC is what I said. It's exactly what it did. I put an order out there, OPG, to sell it short, just over $24. It opened like $23.97 and then ran a little bit up to $24.30, and I forgot about it. I came back to it. Like I, because I've traded my open, I have lots of other stocks. I came back to it was twenty three sixty eight, so I did not get my opening order. I shouldn't have put it OPG. I should have put it day, and I would have got executed uh, for the short. And then it ended up running up to twenty four, like you know, or thirty. So I would have got done. But by the time I came back to it, it was already down twenty three sixty. I was like, well, I don't want to short it now, and obviously kept falling. So you know, it was one that I should have just marked day order and not marked it OPG, and I would have got filled on my short. So I did not get a trade off on this. Disappointed myself on it. But I hope some other people profited from it because we were very bearish on the show. Uh, just real quick, um, Eric Nans, uh, did you guys talk um, Biogen? We I should got, talk it again. It I warrants really talking lucky. it twice. Yeah, it is. He said he got really lucky on this one. So just the fact that you're using those words that you got lucky, man, oh, man, I don't see how you don't take half off at this area. Uh, so I take it all what off. Your target? <laughs> you know, what was your target on this thing? So if it's that far exceeded – I mean, the pre-market high is in here. Uh, I think that could be the high for the day. What was the pre-market high? 328. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Up 105 points at one time. It's, it's just ridiculous, really. Yep. Yep. It's a big move. I'll tell you this. I've had this in my long-term portfolio for a decade. I want to sell those shares today. That's how bad <laughs> I want to sell this. So if I had this on for a trade, it'd be long gone. I mean, this is a gift. Is the drug get approved? Maybe. You know, I hope it does. But if it doesn't, if it gets shot down again, this 80 points will come right back out of it. Obviously, it's not going to come out tomorrow. This isn't going to be something that's going to happen immediately here. Like you said, it's probably going to be early 2020 that we get you know, more information coming from this drug. But just remember that if this drug, for whatever reason, gets shot down and doesn't get approved, the stock will lose this 80 points. Uh, um, Eric's saying he bought some uh, – some, uh just uh, out of the money calls, I believe. So one thing you got to keep in, I'm not sure what your, your time expiration in on that, 
But, you know, if you sell it here at the 305 area, and then in a, you know, I don't know if they're like a two weeks or whatever it calls, it could be up at 307 in a week or two, and you probably will not get as good a price. They're going to ramp up the vol on, the, on, on these options. If you really want to hold out, not, not this is definitely not investment advice here, but if you really want to hold on, you're like, this is it. This is good. I would try and wait for it to, if it took out 290, like if I wanted to sell on weakness and it took out 295, then I would look for more downside. You know, if I'm that convicted that it's going to stay up here for three, four, five days, then that's where my stop would be. Because since you came off that 328 high, you put in three or four 15 minute lows at 295. So to me, that's your support. 295 would be your stop out. Yeah, if I was like just trying to hold on, you know, yeah. like I got lucky with a couple calls and I didn't sell one or whatever, but you know, it's uh, it's a tricky chart here. And also just past history, these moves, this might've taken a week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. But a lot of times these moves end up reversing themselves unless, I mean, how long before they're going to get the official approval on this, right? Well, they're not going to file until early next year. Uh, it's going to be a while. It isn't like this thing's going to lose 80 points here and overnight. Oh. This is going to be up here for a while. I mean, it could lose 10 or 20 because it's going to be profit takers. Many people are saying maybe this drug doesn't get approved. There's going to be commentary coming from probably some analysts too. Don't forget about oh, that. Definitely. So we're going to have a lot of analysts chiming in here. This news just broke this morning. So the analyst reports haven't even come yet. You could see some upgrades coming. So there's other reasons to think that this could actually stay up here for a while. But that being said, you get 82 points overnight. I mean, like Spinner's pointing out that the 250 calls were going for 65 cents on, on the weekly here. So there may have been people just playing this for earnings and they just get, you know, basically, you know, a windfall here um, with this news on the drug coming at the same time. All right. That'll be it for our show. I want to remind you that Pre-Market Prep is sponsored by Weeble and the WeTrader paper trading competition. Join traders from around the world in a paper trading contest that is uh, great for you. And also donates to the Striners Hospital for Children. Uh, the competition resets every Monday through November 9th with weekly prizes of nearly $11,000 worth of Amazon gift cards and a grand prize of either a brand new Tesla Model 3 or $40,000 towards your student loans. Download the Weeble app to learn more. Also, today is the first day of the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Chicago, but it goes tomorrow as well. Ben, uh, BenzingaCannabisConference.com, promo code BZFAN to get a discount ticket to that. I want to thank our guest, Nick Shaheen. Thanks to all of you in our chat rooms. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us, premarket at benzinga.com. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.